The practice is uh, sometimes called kamatana, foundation in action. And sometimes it turns into karmatana, <laughs> sense <of> craving. Can <laughs> we care how you pronounce these things? So ideally, we're, we're cultivating kamatana. Not karma tanda. This is kind of very uh, pivotal, really. Mm-hmm. You'll get an idea what karma means. Uh, it's both the, uh, in this sense, it's both the actions we do and also the results. It's kind of feedback loop, actions and results. Because there are so many actions, bodily actions, heart actions, impulses, intentions, verbal actions, words, mental mental attitudes, ways of concocting things. And these are all, you know, running out all the time. And they're giving results sometimes, short-term results, sometimes Results take a while to, to come into fruition. It's a complex weave. And, uh, and out of that comes the experience of me. This kind of dense weave becomes my apparent self. Mm. That, that felt experience. Mm. Heart, the psychology is the heart, the uh, sense of being something, really a weave of these um, conditions. Uh, And it would, of course, be, um, you know, problematic if, if we really took literally what it says, I am my karma, not really, I'm the heir to my karma which means I have to witness the uh, results of these skillful and unskillful but actually they're not created by a person yeah. they're created by contact and uh, pattern habits and that's the way out change the habits adjust the contact So we do this in meditation, and we do this, of course, overall in our lives. Uh, change the contact, what we're contacting. We look at contact, not just in what I see or hear or touch, but where my heart goes out, when my chitta rises, or reacts, or is touched by the meanings of things. Chitta is naturally touched by sound or sight, but by perception, feeling irritated by sound, feeling happy by sound, feeling not being touched by it at all. Doesn't mean nothing. Voices, movements, being affected by them pleasantly, unpleasantly, or not affected at all, somewhere else. Mm. 
So we never really know how it is for others. And certainly on a retreat time, corporate retreat, I make a big effort out of compassion to be very careful with contact, visual contact, and of course, sound, voices, sound, very stimulating experience, I make a big effort. I know you hear this so many times, <laughs> no more silence. Uh, it's supposed to be a sense of nobility about it, really, for the welfare of others. You don't realize just how affected people can be by, you know, people's voices. Oh. And perceptions of others, so we move around carefully and quietly and make supportive gestures, all helps create good karma because the contact then is that which is endearing, gracious, uh, supportive and so some of these meanings, these perceptions change, contact changes therefore the reactivity changes or it doesn't feel assailed, disrespected, impacted, ignored, pushed aside. And these kind of things happen for people, not necessarily uh, in a conscious or deliberate way. But it's said, uh, either through one's own bodily sankara, heart sankara or verbal sankara one generates unskillful actions or prompted by another. So sometimes this means we just uh, are following social habits we require from being in the world. We're following along the kind of way we adopted through being in the world, I you know, often you know, getting ahead, looking after yourself, uh, it's a fairly pushy kind of world we're in. And very individualistic. And of course there are also traumatic experiences that people have. You know, from history, personal history. You know, by people seen and feel threatened. Mm. We had someone here a few years back who could barely manage to be in the same room as the other monks. So it gets so tense. Just the sight of other people making tents. He'd been brought up in a country of being bombed up in the war zone. So just groups of people he just find himself knotting up. Mm. The actions of others had left that impression in his heart, it went into his body and it stayed there. And this is very documented. You know, people have been attacked 
on fear, contraction from the bodies prompted by so you don't do it deliberately it's through the actions of others one's inherited that particular pattern then it happens again you contact suddenly see the world around you in that way probably very much the case with mm, people who have been through wars shell shock and sound of an airplane and dive on hit the floor without bang they jump up in the air and get violent this is whose fault is that so this these sankaras these activations sometimes through one's own actions or through the actions of others one's inherited habits Mm. Mm. because of this painful, afflictive feelings arise internally this is described, mentioned in the suttas Think of this one. If you like looking at suttas, look at Samyutta 12, 25, and Gutra 3, 23. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very brief, succinct. But when we see this karma, karmic habits or the activations are called sankara, that's that jump, that impulse, you know, the perceptions or the meanings. We see something reminds us of something, and sanya that triggers the sankara. Contact is the meeting point. Flash. You work with this a lot, really. Particularly with groups of people, because we are for all experiences we have, the big experience we have with other people. That's, that's our fundamental conditioning. In groups, you get things like seniority, hierarchy, and you feel power, domination, intimidation. Quite normal to have some of that happening. You can also see the benevolent guidance. <laughs> Depends on <laughs> how it hits you, how it touches you. You know, somebody looking after me, or somebody, authority, you know. It, 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 it fluctuates. You know? And even being in these leadership positions, you know, it may set up to be alpha male you don't feel very alpha you feel gamma sometimes sometimes not even on the charts and you're some kind of being sitting there just trying to get their breathing together and you kind of <laughs> so it uh, you yeah, your golf goldfish bowl effect uh, you're kind of nervous or anxious or not good enough or supposed to be something Contact, meanings, sankharas, 
start rising up. So really, the point is making is it's it's kind of universal. Doesn't matter what <laughs> position or gender or type you other people think you are. You don't feel that way. You're feeling something that's your own karma, your own karmic pattern, your own karmic field. And sensitive, of course, the fact that you might be something else in somebody else's eyes. You're out of compassion, you're kind of keeping that gentleness, that softness, that Availability and malleability, just kind of sense of let me not create um, negative ripples for other people. And yet, you know, it's uh, now interestingly in in meditation, you're actually working with kaya sankara. Jitta Sankara, Maji Sankara, I use the Pali because English words are even more clunky than the Pali. Gaya, body, felt body, Sankara is activations, conditioning forces, formations, energies. And, uh, and so these can be demeritorious ones. This is where we get. Tightened up, constricted, you can feel that happening in your body. You get impassioned and flaring, you feel that happening in your body. Feel fearful and shaky, that happens in your body. Feel depressed, that happens in your body. You feel your energy sinking, rising, fluttering. You're called unskillful. Not blaming. Not saying you shouldn't be that way, but just noticing these lead to uncomfortable results. Whether it's how they got there is another topic, but they lead to uncomfortable results. So we start to acknowledge that and realize how linked this uh, Kaya Sankara bodily activation, bodily formation is to which is the mental or the heart impressions, the heart activations, impulse, volition, triggering, being affected, and how linked up that is to perception, impressions, perceptions of self, perceptions of others. Perceptions of retreat, perceptions of meditation, mm. where you've got to be something or the other. Enlightened, quiet, serene, steady, focused, concentrated, mindful, unwavering. As soon as you get that lot on your plate, your jitter starts to <laughs> spasm. <laughs> now the perceptions of meditation. Just that's perceptions, <laughs> and you don't want to pick up ones that lead to unpleasant feeling and unskillful results. So you just stop that. Take the word away. 
Instead, okay, what's a skillful mental volition? Well, the mental volition, the mental inclination of goodwill. May I be well? How does that happen? Can't suddenly say, okay, feel loving kindness. This is some snap of the fingers. But when you witness the karmic field as it is, hey boy, oh, Mm. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> just come on, take it easy. Just let's move carefully with kindness through this mass. It's too complicated to try and understand it, figure it out who's right, who's wrong, why I should, why I shouldn't. Let's just be a bit more sympathetic with kindness and compassion. Witnessing the karmic field is a trigger for these Brahma-Vihara. Of course, we do recommend them as a general thing we bear in mind to do, but this really is not done in that same way. It's more like spontaneous, the way that you see the cat sitting out in the damp and rain, you want to stroke it. When you see a bird with a broken wing, you want to feed it. If you see it, and you get the contact impression, suffering being, that's what happens, isn't it? Unless you, I would imagine. I mean, it was how well, so what, but the reaction, I would imagine, is, oh dear. And so you're witnessing this karmic field. And it's very important then to one of the things that blocks that witnessing is a sense of self. I shouldn't be this way, so what? Get over it, stop being, you know, I'm this, that, the other. Or feeling blaming oneself, I'm a mess, too much karma, I'm totally messed up because of this, that, and the other. I've got statistics to prove it. This happened when I was 14, I did this when I was 25, I was like that for seven years, I was doing that, and there it is. Well, that's an unskillful verbal formation. <laughs> As you're concocting a set of language, <laughs> right? Or shape up particular impressions that then activate the heart. You see what I mean? So, talking about yourself. You know, which we do internally, that's an action that has significant results. I remember when Paul Samada once saying that one way to get depressed is to start to think about yourself. <laughs> I don't think it's an ultimate truth, but it's a good reminder. Because what are you thinking about? You're thinking about yourself. Probably looking at your karmic field and going, oi. (laughs) And as I said, you know, it's the one thorn in the thumb that stands out, not the not the other fingers that don't have any thorns in them, so it's the painful bits that jar. And then oh and this I'm there, I'm this, I'm there. That's the verbal formation 
gives you all the statistics to prove it and edits out all the statistics that don't fit you know, one's physical well-being yeah <laughs> breathing in, breathing out uh, having a supportive situation um, being looked after no, no taxes, no you know, duties, work um, again, no pressures of those kinds and then edit it out or if they are edited, it means you're getting all this and you're still a mess, you don't deserve it so you can always find this inner, inner critic verbal formation will always manage to shape up something to feel negative about you know? so verbal formation Vajji Sankara conditions the Jitta Sankara Jitta Sankara, heart formation the feeling touched, feeling activated you know, generates all kinds of moods and feelings and uh, either get these effects in your body, you start to feel agitated, restless, stuck or you just leave your body altogether and go into a spin of thought so this is the way it can go wrong <laughs> it does uh, hindrances arise these hindrances uh, you, you have like any other negative form they have, a, they have a physical or a somatic impression to them feel restless, you're everything busy and agitated flare in the passion being sour and crabby in your body, tight with ne- negativity and so on mm. you look at that well mm. you step out of the scenario is it possible to mm, widen one's view is Sankara, this is the condition, the karmic realm Breathing meditation, you're cultivating skillful kaya sankara. So another way in which kaya sankara is expressed is the not just these bodily energies that rush through us, associated with emotions, but breathing in and breathing out is kaya sankara. So it's important to reset what we imagine breathing is, because the Buddha doesn't seem to have mentioned sensations in terms of breathing but he does mention awareness thoroughly sensitive to the entire felt body kaya and calming the kaya sankara 
bodily formation through breathing in and breathing out. So that very energy that gets us jumpy, tight, passionate, rushes through our bodies, that's the energy that breathing in and out accesses. It's, it's in the same family. It's the same energy, but this is in a healing state rather than an afflicted state. This really widens our perspective, I would suggest, because when we recognize the Buddha, I don't see him referring to tactile sensations. In fact, he's generally rather wary of tactile sensations. So we're not referring to that when we're breathing in, breathing out. We're referring to the entire kaya, sabbakaya, the entire body. Clearly, we don't breathe through our knees, apparently. But the energy goes through there, and through the soles of the feet, the palms of the hands, the temples. You know, the soft tissues particularly, you can feel them just slightly flush with breathing in, breathing out. Soles of your feet, palms of your hands, forehead, temples. Uh, around the eyes, they were lightly flush, breathing in, breathing out. Yeah, it, may, it takes a little bit of sensitivity, for sure. To, but to reset, to tuning into that, because then that's something then you don't, you know, it's got much broader um, relevance. If you can feel those very experiences when you're walking up and down, you don't have to focus on your respiration to feel the kaya sankara when you're walking up and down. And once you've accessed that through breath meditation or referring to it, you also sense how the very patterns very simple patterns of breath meditation pertain to any bodily formation, any bodily activation. And very simply speaking, there's the arousal, rising up, there's the discharge, subsiding, and there's also a pause. Well, there can be a pause if we're not too speedy, if we're rushing on to the next thing. In brief meditation, you learn that pause. Because if you stay with, say, the feeling of breathing out, and let it go completely, there's a pause before the in-breath starts to pull. And there's a pause at the end of the in-breath where it opens up, and then the out-breath begins. It's really, they're not really beginning and ending at all, it's a continual flow. It just has different tones to it. The energy rises up, it hovers, it subsides, it hovers, it picks up, it 
it's not really broken into beginnings and endings. It's a constant flow through these different, three different phases. You know? And you try to stay with it as your mindfulness. Now, if you, you see, if we, if our verbal formation, our mental, or our ideas start to define what breathing is, okay, this is one breath and another breath, and this breath and that breath, you're already in, you know, added a verbal, conceptual interpretation, and you're trying to make the body fit into the idea of what breathing in and breathing out is. Well, that's the wrong way to do it. The best way to do it is to find out what it is <laughs> from the body. Notice what it is. And then, oh, learn. And learn how if you're with that process, it's actually got a calming, steadying, assuring effect. Yeah. As it levels and steadies, it's got a solidifying effect. It's not rigid solidifying, but it's a steady stream. Yeah. And it's got a subtle, it's stable, it's fluid, it's open, and yet it's not running out. So it's a safe place for contact. We contact that. And these afflictive impressions don't have to get in. But contacting energy is not like grabbing hold of a an object. You know, the external you can grab hold of a banana or a potato, and yeah, that works. But you try and grab hold of breath energy, you do that, and it doesn't work. You tighten up because the very act of grabbing is an energy, mental, um, heart chitter energy that then interrupts, right? You're putting high energy of a grabbing nature onto something that's got its own quality to it. So you actually impose a particular heart impression or heart attitude onto your body. And it, it, as you get tight, it becomes slippery. Hmm? You're working with these energies, you realize that every, every inclination has got an energy to it. Right? Every inclination, every leaning, every act of attention has got some quality to it. And that quality will have an effect. So if we're trying to get it right, that sounds like a good idea. And as an idea, it is a good idea. But what does it mean? Hmm? Now if we're, you know, working in the world, it really means push, progress, quick. Huh? Working bodily energy all those attitudes mess it up. Because it is what it is. It's not quick, it's not progressive, it's not, it's just flowing. So we want to be receptive to flowing. Right? Doesn't mean 
drift off somewhere else. So what kind of inclination? Well, perhaps the inclination of, hey, this is for my welfare. This is a healing process. It's a nice energy. Enjoy it. And the Buddha said, jayati, pick away, so absorb into it. This is good for you. Don't be frightened of this pleasant feeling. So, so that kind of intention. And then you begin to learn that, of course, the mind scampers off and scurries and dithers and gently steering it back like a trying to encourage a rather young, bouncy dog. Come on, back, sit, no, no, down, just there. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Whatever. And finding no skillful means, there's no point creating a self out of it, that's a disaster. Yes, recognizing that energies are habits that have become established. Who knows when, who knows why, let's not go there, but there are habits. Now let's uh, change those habits. And change the contact impression. This is not something you have to do in order to right, get to this state, otherwise. If you're doing really well, you'll get to this state by stage nine or whatever, this is not going to do you any good. Well, okay, don't do me any good. Because the body doesn't know about these things. It doesn't know about states and stages and developments, it just knows breathing in, breathing out. Maybe, if I just did what the Buddha said, and be aware of breathing in, breathing out. Maybe the process would kind of happen by itself without me doing it. Uh, I mean, not looking for great sizzling bursts of shakti running up your spine or illuminating your brain. <laughs> this is not pressure stuff. This is just a gentle, slow, steady, gentling warming, calming effect becomes central to one's way of life to one's bodily deportment and when you're walking up and down you get the same patterns arise you, you come to your walking path and there's that moving the body, whole body rising up and you're getting your leg down Feel the energy subside onto that, pause the next step. These don't have to be elongated, but you know, there is a pause between one step and unless you're running, but even then there are micro pauses. We're not snakes, you know, because <laughs> so there's got to be some break between one footstep and another. Do you notice that? And then and the energy coming down your leg that you rest as your foot touches the ground, resting. And then the other one lifting and resting, lifting and resting. And moment, and the end of the path, pause, and then again.
and similar qualities pertain, can we do that smoothly? So it's not one step, two step, three step, four step, but just there's no step, it's just an ongoing role of these of this energy. Yeah? There's no break really. Just moves from this quality to that quality. And then you're in that. And you know, then you're getting a nice, comfortable fluidity to it. It works for you. How long your path is or speed is, what works for you to get into the nice streaming flow. That helps to meet your energy where it is. Because also we have, we might say, youthful energy. Yeah. Yeah, something about that, just the fact that at 70 years old, there's not a lot of fireworks left in the system, really. It's all just pretty much pootling along. <laughs> but when you're 25, yeah, it's different. Mine was. So meeting it where it is, you can't make a 70 year old formation into a 25 year one, it just doesn't jump up and like it used to. And that's fine. But then, you know, because also your mindset has to meet that. Like, you know, a different sense of eagerness, sharpness, quick-witted, you know, softer that our heart can bring up when you're really handling the energy that you have rather than trying to make it something else you can't and shouldn't meddle with the energy try to get your mind state your attitudes your approaches to meet the energy as it is your kaya sankara as it is Slow, quiet, more vigorous, yeah. On attitudes, encouragements, moderations, restraints, you know, are supportive. This is your workshop for that. But the end results that you can begin to recognize is. You know, do you know what a skillful verbal formation is? It's a bit of a mouthful, but the right way to, to frame things up in a day, in meditation period, or in your life, or in your what you're about to you know, you know, I'm a summoner. I'm a summoner. That means a sense of dread. I've got to be perfect for everybody. I've got to make sure I really know. Or does it just mean I'm a gentle, I'm a quiet person? Uh, someone committed to deepening. And use that. Whatever support you. And someone who's received the transmission from the Buddha. That can be a very beautiful verbal formation. Or you could think, I'm pathetic, I can't make it, not good enough. So just frame it up 
and then you get the meaning, the contact impression, that really skillful results. And then heart impressions, yeah, firmness, kindly firmness, uh, compassionate but not messing around. You know, that attitude and then towards this very body that we're sitting in, walking in. And really, you know, however much one adds to it, the negative effect of saying all these things, it can seem very complex because I'm trying to cover a number of possibilities. And sometimes it's just really to quite listen up to what's happening for you with this bearing this in mind some of these reflections bearing some of them in mind find your own flavour but when you come to this uh, results and inheritance and moving out of the inheritance of the unawakened afflictive karmic formation into something more supportive steady you can you know have to constantly have to fend off or feel regret about then the mind is free for what's more purposeful even than that which is its own release so let's take some time for direct practice <clears throat>